Mine's good. Life good! Got real close. I hear high, right? Trying to hit two thirds. Have they saved it for her? Yes, they have! Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham. Scott is alongside, as always. Hello, Scott. Hey, Sean. How you doing today? Doing pretty good. Summer is here, at least in Ottawa, Ontario. Bright, sunny, beautiful day in the nation's capital, which means, of course, that we are only three weeks away from curling again. Yeah, not um, only that, we're sitting inside in a very darkened room, uh, you know, doing we gotta, what we do best. We got to cool off on a day like today, so it's nice. Yeah. You know, no, no direct sunlight into my apartment. Can't have that. No, it's always good. So... With the summer being here, we decided that we, we didn't want to just go away for the summer because we have too much fun talking about curling. So we're starting our summer season off. Today, we're going to break down the changes and the new lineups that we've seen on the men's side of the sport. And we're going to focus pretty much exclusively on Canadian teams. So we're not going to talk about some of the changes that we've seen around the world. Uh, Tyler George has announced he's not coming back. That might be one of the bigger changes that we've seen. But we're going to focus on the Canadian teams here today. Yeah, we've decided that because looking at the list of all the teams that have changed, it's uh, kind of a lot. And we're going to also focus only on sort of the, the teams near the, near the top of importance in our minds. Obviously, uh, not... It's not the same for everyone, but... No, essentially the teams that we think, if they stay together, are threats four years from now to be in Beijing. Essentially. Oh, oh that's the crap. Okay, let me change my yeah. list a bit. But, <laughs> but uh, no, you're right. Yeah. And there's also some teams we don't know as much about, so we would just be uh, wasting everyone's time yeah, giving so, our thoughts. Yeah, so we want to talk about this. Basically what we're going to do is we are going to rank the teams as they sit now, in our minds, moving forward. And we have uh, 10 teams that we're going to rank, and we'll talk about some others along the way. But essentially, we're going to try and rank our top 10 men's teams heading into the 2018-19 curling season. So the way we're going to do this, we have not talked about this in advance in terms of the rankings Mm -hmm. and what we're going to do. So we just have a list that I've taken from Curling Geek, from the The team team tracker. tracker. And uh, so we're going to start with the three teams that did not change. So going in alphabetical order, let's start with Team Brendan Botcher. They are staying together. They are, of course, the defending Alberta Provincial Champions. They, uh, a two-time defending Alberta Provincial Champions, lost the Briar Final. This season came out of the Road to the Roar to play in the War of the Rings. They uh, had a, a good week there, tough. They didn't make the playoffs uh, but they've announced that they are going to stay together for the next season. So, obviously, given that they're our first team, we are going to rank them number one right now out of the teams we talked about. But moving forward, what do you think? What are your expectations for Brandon Botcher? Well, they've had a great couple seasons. <clears throat> also, uh, to keep in mind, though, they've not really been tested in Alberta the way that uh, they could have been, given that Kevin Cooey's team didn't play in the playdowns two years ago because they were Team Canada and didn't play this year as they were at away at the Olympics. So, you know, it remains to be seen what could happen in the in the case where <laughs> where Kevin Cooey's team gets into the playdowns. So maybe Kevin Cooey's team should be the next one that we talk about. 
But uh, to wrap some things up on Botcher, you know, I, I expect them to keep getting better and keep improving. Their communication got better throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw, you know, what, what a great shot maker Brendan is at the Briar this year and even at the at the trials. Saw some good shot making. So uh, I'd expect them to be right there. But I think Alberta is going to be uh, just a bit tougher for them next year. Yeah, it should be a bit tougher. Uh, Charlie Thomas's team has changed. We'll talk about that as well. Which will add a little more of a, a challenge in Alberta. I mean, with all due respect, of course, to Carson Sturmey and his team. Uh, obviously a very good team. They won the CIS championships. And that was the team that Brandon Botcher played in the final in Alberta this season. So, yeah, you think Alberta is going to be a bit tougher coming out of the province next year. Be curious, though, to see what happens. And we talked about, we've, we've talked in the past about on the women's side, if Rachel Holman, now it's a different situation because she was going to be Team Canada this year. Uh, but giving them the automatic wildcard entry next year at the Scotties. Wonder if Kevin Queen might get some consideration on a similar thing, also being the Olympic team. But who well, knows? Well, they, they weren't going to be Team Canada. No, so it's year, a, I know, so. it's a different different situation. But we'll see sort of what happens with that. And I, I would say, for me, though, the signature game for Brendan Botcher's team this season uh, wasn't winning Alberta. It actually came in Summerside to me, is when they beat Glenn Howard in the final to get that second qualifying spot mm-hmm. for the roar of the roar of the rings, winning that game I think was really key for them, uh, giving them that opportunity to go to Ottawa. I talked to Brendan Botcher after his last game, and he kind of indicated that as well. That having that experience of that week, he thought was invaluable to them, mm-hmm. and so that win against Glenn Howard propels them into that uh, that that road to, or that roar of the rings and really helped them. So we'll put them number one right now. Yep. So next on the list, uh, if we're going alphabetically through the teams that are standing together, is Brad Gushu, the two-time defending Canadian men's champion. Well, you know, you've, you've got to like this Brad Gushu team. They've shown what they can do over the past couple of years, back-to-back Briars. I mean, it, it would be pretty insane for us not to rank them number one going into next season. I think they finished the year just slightly ahead of Nicodine based on their win in that uh, final Grand Slam uh-huh. on the the tour points list, but, uh, you know, they're either the first or second best team in the world right now, and I can't see anything changging to knock them off that until somebody actually does knock them off that. Yeah, the only real thing that could potentially come up, and Brad talked about this in Vegas a few times in post-game interviews, that he was starting to get pretty frustrated Hmm. towards the end of the year, and I think that was just a lot, like, because it was a really long year, right? They started in August, they were at that draft event, whatever it was called, and then they were playing into the end of April. So really long season, really high stakes for a lot of the season for them. So he was starting to get frustrated. So having some time off will be good for them just to, to reset. Uh, and it's the sort of thing, too, where I think that Brad Gushu has played with Mark Nichols since they were juniors. So mm-hmm. obviously per, like they're, they're fine. <laughs> Right, and uh, certainly Gallant's been around long enough now with Gushu that they they know how to talk to each other and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, definitely one of the best teams in the world, if not the best team in the world. And, and yes, I, I agree that we should rank them number one. And, and having them win two years in a row, we saw this last year in Newfoundland, more teams playing in that provincial playdown. And we've seen a couple of switches. Greg Smith, who represented Newfoundland this year, has announced mm-hmm. that he's made a couple changes to his team. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to keep an eye on Newfoundland again uh, next season and who comes out of Newfoundland. Yeah, it'll be interesting again. I mean, <clears throat> they saw a record number of entrants to the Provincials this, this year. 
knowing they wouldn't have to go through uh, Team Gushu to get there. So, yeah, it'll be fun to see two teams from The Rock at yeah. the Briar. And, and, you know, we had Greg Smith come and you know, put on quite a show for everybody People at love The Briar. Him. People love him. So maybe it, it'll be a chance for another team, or maybe we'll see a repeat appearance. Yeah, and then eventually, when Brad Gushu does play in the Newfoundland Playdowns again, he will, of course, be an underdog. Uh, going up against these uh, people who have won it more recently than him. People are going to be talking about, why can't Brad Gushu win Newfoundland? It's been so long. Yeah, it'll be a real uh, storyline, I'll tell you what. Yeah, so the other team, the main team that has announced this, they were staying together. They they announced this, actually, uh, after the last game. I think it was assumed before, and I was in the scrum with Brad Jacobs after his last game at the trials mm-hmm. and someone asked him are you going to stay together and he said yes uh, so and they have not wavered on this so brad jacobs team is going to stay together playing out of northern ontario uh coming back winning that final in northern ontario against tanner horgan this year mm-hmm. rather uh, intense game that was really interesting but this team obviously gold medalist in 2014 not as good of a quadrennial as i'm sure they would have liked they had some struggles uh, which is weird to say. Like they they made the playoffs in the Briar like, four every, times every year, every, but <laughs> but they never won it. They never won it, and they lo- and when they lost games, like they lost one game on a measure. Like, they lost another game on a uh, the Pat Simmons draw. Right, was that this quadrennial? Yeah. Um, where in an extra end, Pat Simmons draws to the pin. Like he covers the pinhole to win the game. Like they're it's not like they were getting blown out, but given how good they were, the year and a half, two years before the Olympics, mm-hmm. where they were dominant. They were like Kevin Martin in 09-10. They were, yeah. And just to see them, this is how good they are. Like, when you see them go, you know, in the old format, if they went 8-3 and three in the Briar, you're like, what's wrong with this team? Mm-hmm. Right? That's how good they are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see them playing in Northern Ontario uh, against Tanner Horgan's yes. team, moving into the men's field permanently. This year, actually, they might have a year of eligibility left, but anyway, there'll be uh, a, a more competition for them out of Northern Ontario than they've seen, yes, in a while. So that could be steel sharpening steel, you know, getting both teams a little bit better. But I can't see any reason this team can't get the magic back, you know. They it'll be interesting to see what happens with the five rock rule. I think me saying it'll be interesting is sort of <laughs> my new catchphrase, but. <laughs> It, it'll be I, I'm intrigued by this five rock rule <laughs> see what I did there and well done uh, I I think this team uh, could be really well adapted to taking advantage of the offensive mindedness of it because they can still make those runbacks that'll limit the damage should they get into trouble yeah and uh, the key for them is like Fry making those right like exactly when yeah. Ryan Fry is making runbacks like it's a nose takeout Mm-hmm. Like with nothing else around it, like he's so good at those, uh, and when he's on, they're pretty much unbeatable. They're pretty tough to beat when he's on. That, and the problem is, like you say, when he's off by even a quarter inch here or there, when you're playing those kind of shots, it's big if you miss. Yeah, because the degree of difficulty they play, they you know, I, I would say, you know, Gushu, I think simplified his game a little bit the past couple of years, and and I, I would say Jacobs might play the the toughest shots on tour like they might play the highest degree of difficulty in the way he calls a game mm-hmm. and that's not a knock because they can make them they can um, yeah right so he's what i like about this team for as much as i joke about like the hulk smash all the rocks go away is that they'll at least they'll, i think they'll mix it up longer than some other teams 
because they know they're good enough that if they need to escape with Fry, they can. Whereas a lot of other teams will try to bail a little earlier. They do bail earlier, you're right. So out of the three teams we've talked about, I would put them at number two ahead of Brendan Botcher's team. Yeah, I think I agree. It's Given the results of the past couple of years, it's hard to uh, put them ahead of Brad Gushu. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I would certainly put them too. So let's talk now about some of the teams that have changed up. And again, uh, in no particular order right now, because we're going to order them, let's start with uh, Manitoba and the big change in Manitoba being Reed Carruthers' team. Uh, big change there where uh, Moscowi is gone, and uh, he's gone back, and, and we'll talk about him, what he's up to. But they brought in, of course, Mike McEwen to throw fourth, but Reed Carruthers is still going to call the game, and he's going to throw a third. So we get what we've all wondered for a long time is, can Mike McEwen sweep? Um, I, I, he can sweep. He's, he's, we've seen him mix doubles do it. Yeah. Um, but So he'll be sweeping the first two rocks at the end, and uh, otherwise uh, the team stays the same. Yeah, well, the first four rocks at the end, but you're right. Yeah, excuse me, yes. You're right, and I, as long as he doesn't use that uh, taped-up corn broom, I think he'll be fine <laughs> to sweep, like you say. So, yeah, this is a big change, and Mike McEwen is still going to be throwing those four stones, and, and that's sort of his strength, I think, as a player. He does When he does strategize with his team he sort of talks over a lot of things he seems to take a long time to make up his mind hems and haws a bit so maybe having reed there to just be clear and say this is what we're playing and then for him to be able to offer the input to reed when he needs it i think Mm. will be a better uh situation for mike and i've noticed it's sort of the way that i i am when i skip where if i miss a shot I tend to sulk down at the other end, <laughs> and it really can drag my game down. And so I think uh, that's happened with Mike in the past. So I'll I'll be really happy to see this this team uh, come together and and do well. And I think they've got to be one of the favorites to come out of Manitoba right now. Yeah, I think absolutely. And it'll be interesting to see what happens because you know BJ Newfeld, uh, I think at least the way he comports himself on the ice is he's a more quiet guy right uh whereas and i think sort of the whole that whole mike McEwen team was a little more reserved quiet i mean mm-hmm. they had some shots when they made big shots they obviously got excited but they're not really all that outwardly emotional and there's nothing wrong with that but then you're going in now you're going into a situation where reed carruthers i think is a little more verbose certainly than bj newfeld was mm-hmm. or bj newfeld is and playing now with somebody like uh colin hodgson who uh, is very outgoing and very talkative on the ice. It's a, v- a very different environment now that Mike McEwen's stepping into. So I'm curious to see how that will play out with him. And like you said, when he was struggling, he would get really quiet out there. And this group, just based on the personality, uh, won't let him do that. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that'll be uh, interesting to see what happens and, and probably a good thing for Mike, too. And, you know, they talked the last part of the season after they announced that they weren't playing together anymore, that they felt that they had ta- sort of maxed out the potential of that mm-hmm. team and that at some point you just need to change. They weren't changing because they didn't like each other or whatever. That they yeah. And they tried everything, you know, that team. Yeah. There's they, nothing else to do. They did a lot of uh, sports psychology, counseling, uh, strategizing, mm-hmm. different techniques and things. So that team really dug deep to get the most they could out of their squad. 
And like you say, it was just it was just time. Yeah, it was just so. time. And I think this is good for Reed Carruthers too. Uh, and this is nothing against Moscow at all, but they struggled uh, since they had that really nice run last fall, mm-hmm. the, like the fall of 2016. They had a really good, really good season on tour. They won the Canada Cup. Uh, he made the shot that won the Continental Cup that season. Like they had that really great run. This year wasn't as as good. They they came one game short of the playoffs or a tiebreaker at the Roar of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, just he lost that last game, and I think Reed would probably tell you that was not a great loss in that last game that he had a chance to win. Probably should have won that game. And then not a great performance uh, at the Briar. They struggled through that week as well. So they haven't really been able to recapture that uh, dominance almost or a very high level of play that they saw. So bringing in Mike McEwen should be should be helpful to them. Yeah, I think it's just the medicine that uh, both both these squads needed. So. Yeah, so now this is where it gets tough. Uh, so we have, currently, we have Gushu ranked one, Jacobs two, Botcher three. Where would you rank Carruthers? I would put Carruthers ahead of Brendan Botcher. Really? To be honest. If we're talking about who can win the Briar yes. next season, then I would put them ahead of Botcher because I think Botcher has a tougher road. Just to get to the Briar. To get to the Briar. But if they were both in the, let's say they were both in a Briar, who would you put ahead of the other. I think, like, head-to-head, I think Botcher right now might be a step ahead, just a just a hair ahead of where Reed Carruthers is. Like a thin hair or a thin, thin hair? hair? Just a thin hair um, <laughs> ahead. But that, that'd that be my take on it. So so I, I'm, I would put them ahead. Carruthers. Uh, so, ahead. Yeah. all right, so we'll slot in then Carruthers in the three slot, and Botcher goes to the four slot. So the next team on the list here... Uh, again, working in some order. With that the I order the, that the team tracker is. That I wrote them down, yeah. So, uh, although I, I jumped around, so let's go to the one that I think made the most headlines, certainly the most tweets, would be New Team Epping. New Team Epping, yeah. They dumped their front end. John said, hey, front end, get out of here. Uh, and brought in a Hall of Fame front end in Brent Lang and Craig Savile to come back, yeah. play second and lead respectively. So this team, I think this team has got to be the favorites in Ontario next year. Oh, easily. Easily the favorites. I mean, you know, old Glennie might have something to say about it, but but Matt Cam played amazingly well at the Briar this year. John Epping has always been a good shot maker. You're adding in Hall of Fame front end. Mm-hmm. I mean, this team really improved themselves. No disrespect to uh, to their former front end, but, you know, you're sliding in some pretty excellent players. Yeah, you're, you're sliding in uh, one Olympian, uh, and both of them are multiple-time world champions. Yeah. So, yeah. it's yeah, it's hard to complain about that. And the thing, the thing about John Epping, too, that we've talked about in the past, is one of the things that, that has hurt him... Is not his shot making. He is one of the best shot. He might be the best shot maker uh, in the country because uh, he can make some crazy ones. The problem is that he gets himself in position to have to make the crazy ones mm-hmm. and these weird shots. So having this front end there that's very experienced. Matt Cam is a very good player, but yeah. obviously these two guys are very experienced. Maybe they can rein him in a little bit, help out with the strategy. Langer has certainly uh, never been shy about saying what he thinks, and, mm-hmm. and Savile the same thing. So having them there for that will be great. It, it'll be interesting to see how they match up sweeping wise versus some of the other front ends that are younger, and uh, just to see how that 
if that makes a, a big difference or not. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, of course, the, to me, of course, the big headline of this is that Craig Savile is healthy. Yeah. And, right. So that's obviously the most important thing out of all this, that he's healthy and he can go out and play again, which is great. And feels like he can he can dedicate himself to the game for full time this year. We've mm-hmm. seen him, you know, come in uh, and spare for people. And I think he played last season uh, mostly full time. But, but you know, yeah, you're right. It's great. And uh, I'm really excited to see this team play. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see see how it how it works out. And, uh, and hopefully they can get out of Ontario because I think it'd be great to see them at the Briar. I mean, Epping, right, he... he Played in the one-two game this year, yeah, uh, and now he made what I think is an upgrade to his team. So uh, certainly a, a team that I think all eyes will be on this team, and it'll be interesting to see how John Epping responds to that because he's never really been the focal point uh, of the curling world. I don't no, think, yeah, and uh, and you know because for all those years where he never got out of Ontario, this is because Glenn Howard was beating him getting out of Ontario big time. So. Now he's I, de- definitely the the favorite in this province, and it's going to be a really fun team to keep track of through the fall and into the playdown season. And Sean, and Sean, I just googled where the tankard is going to be next. Uh, oh, next where year. is it going to be? So it's in beautiful Elmira, Ontario, hey. just north of Kitchener, yeah. quite close to uh, where our parents live. Yeah, so, so. we could uh, maybe do some live episodes breaking down the Ontario tankard. Yeah, yeah, it'd be fun to uh, go take a take a gander down there and Absolutely. see how the how the teams line up, but that's really an exciting one. It, and um, the way that John Epping plays, you know, he's been getting into these sort of difficult situations. But this t- this uh, front new front end, they're used to being on a team where the communication is encouraged and very open. Like Glenn was yeah. always really open, Cooey was always open yeah. to getting input. So we'll see if John Epping adopts the same stance of being super open to input right. and seeing how that works. He'd be silly not to, given who he has. Given given the squad, yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, so in terms of the rankings then, uh, i got to say I would put this team ahead of Reed Carruthers. I think I would too, um, yeah. But not ahead of Jacobs or Gushu. So I would slot them in number three right now uh, is where I would put them. What do you think? Uh, you could talk me into putting them over Brad Jacobs. Wow. Like, like you say, they he went to the Briar this year and played in the one-two game. Yes, he did. And Brad Jacobs didn't. Correct. So, you you could talk me into it, but f- for the time being, number three seems like a, an appropriate place for now. So we'll slot in John Epping in the three slot, which puts Brandon Botcher down at five, and Reed Carruthers falls to number four. So next team that I have written down here. Uh, actually, I'm going to skip over because I want to talk about this team first, and that is, of course, the defending uh, Olympic uh, representative of Canada, the Road or the Roar of the Rings champion, Kevin Cooey. Some big changes out in Alberta with, obviously, with mm-hmm. Langer now playing with Epping. He's gone from the Cooey team. Mark Kennedy announced shortly after the Olympics, actually at the Briar, that he was not going to play this year. So they have brought in to the Cooey team Colton Flash who we've seen for a long time playing with Steve Laycock. Uh, he skipped his own team last year that lost in the Saskatchewan final. And they also brought in B.J. Newfeld, who we've talked about from the former Mike McEwen team. Uh, Colton Flash is actually moving to Alberta. Newfeld is going to be the import for this team. Okay. And Benny 
Uh, Hubert stays the same playing lead, and, and Colt Flash is going to go back to playing back second. Back to playing second, yeah. So, and Newfeld keeps playing third. It's a very interesting team there out in Alberta. What, what do you expect from these guys? You know, I, I expect this team to be in the Alberta final, if not winning the Alberta Provincial, based solely on the fact... <clears throat> excuse me. Whoa. You got too excited there, Scotty. I was too excited. A bit, but based on the fact that Kevin Cooey is one of, if not the best, skips in the country... Yes. You talked to Brad Jacobs, or Brad Gushu, rather, and you said, why are the same four teams making the playoffs at the Briar all the time? Yeah, so... And he said... So, yeah, so part of my strategy at these things is to wait till everyone else is done and all the other media walk away and then ask the questions that I think are interesting. Um, so after everyone walked away from Brad Gushu, I said, because uh, this was at the trials, and I said, so you and Jacobs and... Um, Cooey. Cooey, and then the fourth was uh, McEwen. Mm-hmm. Like, they were the four playoff teams for the two Briars b- leading up to the trials. And then at the trials, three of those teams were the playoff teams. Yeah. So I said to him, like, what accounts for this concentration at the top of these teams that we're always seeing in the playoffs at these big events? And he said it was the skips. He said that those four skips, of course he said we, uh, are the most consistent skips. We th- we're the best skips, mm-hmm. and that allows us to be successful. Right. I thought it was a very candid, very honest answer, and a very good answer at that. So for as much as we can talk about the players in front of them moving around, if you have a skip who can't make shots, you're not going to win Right. And at so that level. When we're talking about this new team, Cooey, he's still Kevin Cooey throwing those fourth stones. Yes. And it's not like he's got scrubs playing in front of him. No, but I don't think this team is as good as the one that went to the Olympics. I think it would be hard to say it was, given that you have Mark Kennedy and uh, Brent Lang leaving that team. Yes. Of course. Those two players are world-class, Hall of Fame, first ballot, whatever you want to say. Right. So the team is worse than it was. The team might be a step down from what it was, but I think that the guys he brought in... In Colton Flash, when we saw him playing second for Steve Laycock, you know he he can chuck a chuck a rock mm-hmm. down there, and he's had another two a year to skip a year on his skipping own. Skipping on his own, yeah. So or a year you know, and a half, maybe. He's, he's got his uh, you know some experience in at skip and yep. can uh, maybe lend uh, a voice to, when needed down at the other end. And you got B.J. Newfeld, who you said is a little bit more reserved. He's like a little more like Kevin Cooey. In their demeanors on right. the ice, so we'll have to see how that that sort of dynamic works. But yeah, very different from Mark Kennedy. But he's also an amazing shot maker. He is. So, you know, I I think it'll be more down to the interpersonal dynamics of this team mm-hmm. as opposed to the shot making on the ice. Yeah, I think this. Interestingly enough, I think the the key to this team is Ben Hebert. Uh, in terms of those interpersonal things. I think you're right. Kevin Cooey's very quiet. B.J. Newfeld is very quiet. And Ben Hebert is the opposite of quiet and in a very positive way. So I think it'll be very important that even when it's it's just Mike, uh, or excuse me, B.J. and Kevin down at the other end, that Hebert's voice is still there and, and making sure everyone is sort of up and active and, and talking to each other. Mm-hmm. So he becomes very important, I think, on this team for that reason. Um, yeah, and, and not to take away anything from B.J. Newfield or Colton Flash, but they don't have the same... But they're not Mark Kennedy. And yeah, Brent they're Lang. not yeah. They're not that. So that's why, if I'm Brendan Botcher, say, looking at this, yes, Kevin Cooey is, is a f- one of the greatest players we've ever seen, 
But my chances got better with this change. If I'm Brendan Botcher, I have I have more of a chance to beat this team than I had a chance of beating the other team. And so I'm if I'm Brendan Botcher sitting there, I'm happy about this change. Okay, and maybe that's maybe that's the case. But it, you know, if he was already thinking I couldn't beat the other. Kamikui team, then that's not right. No, like, but that's but, the thing. Like, in, I've only talked to Brendan Botcher once or twice uh, in these scrums, and I don't think he thinks that like at all. I think he, no, he's he, very confident. He can beat anybody. Mm-hmm. And the, the I, I talked about it before, but I love the story that I can't remember who wrote it before the Briar, where he was quoted as talking about that curling Canada and the Olympic Committee should fund younger, younger teams. teams. Basically yeah. saying, give us money. We're better than these old guys. Mm-hmm. Give us money. Yeah, he does not lack any any confidence whatsoever. No, you're right. You're right. But but, but it think, will be it will be these two teams in the Alberta final. Maybe, more likely than more not. likely than not. It's it's not a given, of course, because anything can happen. But because uh, you don't want to sort of take away from some of the other squads that are that are out there. But uh, let's rank Cooey then. Uh, in this in this list, because you know it's it's not the same team that went to the Olympics, of course, but very good team. Uh, personally, I think because it's Kevin Cooey that I might put them second, ahead of Brad Jacobs. Ahead yeah. of Brad Jacobs, but after Gushu, I, it's, I think it's hard to put them ahead of Gushu at this point. Yeah, I I think Gushu is number one. I don't think it's changing. Right. I don't think there's any team. Looking at the list that that can dethrone them, no preseason, you know. Yeah. Uh, for Brad Jacobs' team, I think continuity might might give them the edge over this new Kui team. We saw when Kui changed his team and brought in Kennedy and and Lang and Hebert in the first place. Yeah. That it took them a while to get their dynamic together. Yes. They, they struggled a bit their first season together. Yes, and again, to clarify, struggling for them meant they only won about 65% of their games, between 65 and 70% of the games, instead of like the 80% they would go on to win. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but there was some question of like, oh, did he make the right choice? Yes, there in was. Ditching yes, his team. Absolutely. So uh, I would slot them in uh, maybe ahead of Epping and below Jacobs because of the continuity Because factor. of the continuity? Okay, so we'll put but, in... Uh, I like them too. I think um, because it's Kevin Cooey, I think Kevin Cooey's a little better than Brad Jacobs. But again, I, I see the point that I think I would take the three in front of Jacobs, maybe a, ahead of the three ahead of Cooey, um, if you were to do it yeah, that way. Yeah. So I could see that. So let's slot in then Cooey in the three slot. That pushes John Epping down fourth. Uh, and then we have Reed Carruthers fifth. And Brandon Botcher is sixth. So let's go on then to the next team here on my list, and that is a very interesting young squad of uh, Matt Dunstone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matt Dunstone uh, ste- stepping away from playing with Steve Laycock, and we'll talk about Steve Laycock uh, a bit later, I think. Yep, we will. <clears throat> so, yeah, they formed a new team. It'll be Matt Dunstone uh, with uh, Braden Muscawi. Coming back from Manitoba yep. to the province where he won his uh, junior Canadian junior title, and second Catlin Schneider coming back from BC yeah. to his home province. Catlin, don't call me Caitlin, which the MC in Ottawa called him. Oh, he called him Caitlin. Yeah, in the introductions, one of the dro- <laughs> when they were the feature team, you know, they everyone yeah, was the yeah, feature yeah. team. Oh, it was the French MC that did it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And second, Caitlin Schneider. (laughs) Ooh, ooh, no. Well, you know, uh, English second language, so... uh, 
But you're right. So so, so eyes eyes just appear out of nowhere. <laughs> Catlin Schneider and then Dustin Kidby rounding out the squad. And uh, I think this is a real uh, fun year for Saskatchewan curling. We've got this team. We've got uh, new team Kirk Myers. We've got new team Charlie Thomas, which is going to play out of Saskatchewan. So for all those Saskatchewan fans out there that are just ready to rock the green, you know, you can have a fun time going to the Saskatchewan Tankard this year. You'll see a bunch of good teams, some really great curling. And we might see a team at Saskatchewan sniff the playoffs at the at the Briar. I know it's been a while. Wow! So Dean Moser is losing his <laughs> head right now. He is so excited that you just said that. I just said that so that the next time he's listening to our podcast out at the mall somewhere, he's got a big grin on he's his gonna face. He's going to be there. so happy when you when he hears that. Um, yeah, this this team is a lot of fun. Matt Dunstone, of course, we've seen at the Briar throwing four stones. Uh, Braden Muscawi, uh, Canadian junior champion. Uh, Kidby's played in the Briar, uh, Schneider's played in Byer. So a very experienced mm-hmm. team, despite being young, a very experienced team. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you look at the Saskatchewan landscape right now. You know, Sask- the thing about Saskatchewan, I mean, there's so many great players from Saskatchewan who have won for other Brother provinces. provinces. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be cool. It's cool that these guys are coming back to Saskatchewan, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I you know I lived in Regina for a couple of years, and the club I played at was a ten sheeter, right? And wow, like really, yeah, it was a, wow. yeah a ten sheet club, and it was one of like eight clubs in the city. Like everyone plays. Like the 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 reason why so many events are held in Saskatchewan is because people love it, uh, and. You know, you could look at some of the places where they have some of these events, like when they have them in Estevan or some mm-hmm. of these small towns. You'll say, why are they going there? Well, because they're still going to sell it out, right? You, like People love the sport. Yeah. And more importantly, I think it's a smart crowd because uh, people know the game, they play the game, they watch it. So it's it's more fun, I think, if Saskatchewan is good. You big know, time, big time. It's, with all due respect to, you know, New Brunswick. If New Brunswick's good in a Briars or, or a Scotties, like, okay. Uh, but when Saskatchewan's good, I think the event is better. I really, truly believe that. Yeah. And uh, this year, I, I was a little disappointed that in Regina, that Laycock team didn't do a little better because it would have been so great if they were in a playoff game. Oh. Uh, I, I don't know if it would have been St. John's. St. John's Brad Gushu is tough to, tough would, to tough beat. Tough to beat, but it would have been a close second. Sure. So having this team, uh, I think they're the favorites in Saskatchewan for sure. I think that when, if they come out of Saskatchewan, that uh, assuming that we keep the same format for the Briar, that there uh, should be a lock to make it through to the championship round. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And uh, and then that playoff round, of course, is tough, those four games. You never know. But given the experience that they have uh, and not playing in Saskatchewan, I, I wonder if Matt Dunstone, what, what he would say if you asked him about being Saskatchewan in Saskatchewan uh, and that pressure... Because just just from watching it, he looked like he was wearing that a bit. A little bit, um, yeah. He did struggle at the beginning of the week, you know, getting his, his briar legs under him, so to speak. But. Yeah. So I wonder, but I, I like this team. I think this is a fun team, and I think they'll be, be very, very good. I think so, too. I think it's going to be... It's going to be really, really, really fun to watch Saskatchewan this year. Yes. Now, that being said, I would not put them ahead of any of the teams that we've talked about. You're right. I think uh, they they would be uh, seventh on our list so far, but 
like like I said, it'll be fun. It'll be fun, yeah. and it'll be it's it's sort of the the start of a new wave of curlers coming up. Like Braden Muscawi is so so good. Yeah, we'll have to see how he recovers from his his foot surgery. Yes, he's got to be healthy. Sure. Uh, although he played this whole season <laughs> on a broken <laughs> foot, right? so so he's tough. He's a tough guy. Yeah, which is crazy because like he's such a big guy too, right? Like mm-hmm. like so much pressure is put on his foot because he's just so like he's tall and he's thick, right? Like he's uh, I don't know if I've I've ever stood next to him because um, I'd be scared to because he would make me look so small because he's just like he's he's tall. Uh, and he's just like, and th- like I mean, thick in like a good way. Like he's like he's a big guy. You can't push him over. He's he's a farm guy, right? Like, yeah, he looks like a farm guy. Yes, if you were to Saskatchewan. say Saskatchewan guy, this is who you you envision. Uh, so yeah, we'll see how he recovers. But uh, certainly to me, the favorites in Saskatchewan. So let's move on then to the next team that you you referenced. The probably the big rivalry now in Saskatchewan, I think, then would be with Charlie Thomas moving over from Alberta, mm-hmm. and he's going to be playing with Adam Casey who we've seen represent pretty much... All. He's in the John Morris category, almost, <laughs> of representing provinces. Uh, although it might be the same, because he's represented three provinces uh, out of Briar. Adam Casey has Patrick Jansen and Fraser Reed. So Patrick Jansen from the uh, John Epping John team. team yeah. uh, and Fraser Reed, uh, somebody who I'm not overly familiar with. He he played with Mark Keene a couple years ago. Okay. Went to uh, Laurier, has played... Uh, I think he's been coaching the past uh, year or two. So, but he's he's a young guy too, about twenty five. So, you know, it, this team has people from everywhere. It seems they've got two <laughs> people from Ontario and Charlie Thomas from Edmonton. Yeah. So I guess everyone's moving to uh, Saskatoon or whatever. But everyone uh, everyone lives with Adam Casey. Yeah, they're gonna That's have all a, you gotta do. a party house or something. It's Who easy. knows? So. Yeah, this team, Adam Casey playing third. I don't think we've seen him play third on a national stage so far. We've seen him play second mm-hmm. uh, for a while, and we've seen him skip yes. as well. So, you know, uh, I'm not sure what the dynamic will be like. I think, didn't Charlie Thomas coach them at the Briar? He may have. Charlie Thomas coaches a lot. He does. So that, That's probably where we've seen him more at national events. Is coaching. Is coaching yeah. than, than actually a playing yeah and we've seen him get uh, to alberta finals and stuff like that yeah. so he was in the road to the roar this year with his team that's right that's right and he's a very accomplished player and a very accomplished coach so hopefully his influence on the rest of the team will be very positive and we can see this team you know bring in, bring something to the table and i think this will be one of those teams along with the, the new dunstone team that'll really you know start to put saskatchewan back on the map yeah, i think sh- they're quite good I'm I'm not sure if we look at our rankings right now that I would rank them above Matt Dunstone's team, but it would be in that same neighborhood. Yeah, I agree. I don't think they're better than anyone we've talked about uh, yet, and I think that's in part because Charlie Thomas, Charlie Thomas to me is sort of where John Epping was maybe five years ago. Hmm. Um, this guy with a lot of potential, and people know him maybe ten years ago for John Epping because Epping has been around a long time, but who we've heard about, we've talked about a lot. Seen him in provincials, but he just hasn't been able to get over the hump really in any event that mm-hmm. we've seen. Not just the national events, even on tour, uh, they've had some wins, but never those the, the bigger events. And seeing this team come together, and and Adam Casey, I think is key now because he's played in Briars and he's played in playoff games in Briars, so he's he's been there, he knows it, 
he would know what to expect. And certainly Charlie Thomas is not going to be overwhelmed by no. cameras or anything because he's, he's seen it. Uh, and if they were to get to O'Brien, but he's a guy who it feels like he hasn't quite lived up to his potential yet. He hasn't had that real signature moment, signature win that you can say, oh, that's Charlie Thomas, and that's what he's done. That's right. I guess he's been he's just been around a lot. He's he's subbed, spared for a couple teams on uh, at Grand Slam events that you might have seen him. Oh, Charlie Thomas swooped in because he does live close to yes. a lot of those Grand Slam events. Yeah. So. This team, uh, I'm interested to see, but I think for now we'd put them eight. Yeah, I, I agree. So we have them slotted in eight. So let's talk then about Jim Cotter and the team oh, that, Jim Cotter, uh, yeah. if they don't come out of British Columbia, be very, very surprised. Uh, the change, of course, for this <laughs> this team, excuse me, is that John Morris has moved on. He is opening a restaurant. Uh, is his designation on the Curling Geek. Team tracker, he uh, just had a baby, so he's a new yeah. father, and a congratulations, of course, to John Morris. He's getting married uh, this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure when they're getting married, but they are getting married this summer. Oh, you didn't get um, your invite, Sean? Mm-hmm. It must be in the mail. It must be in the mail. Uh, must be in the, uh, mail. Be in yeah. the mail, because Earl and I, of course, uh, always sing. You're all, yeah, dueling singers. We were dueling the, singers at the, uh, at the Big Perry event. And uh, so John Morris is out from this team going to focus on mixed doubles and in his steed we're going to have the aforementioned Steve Laycock come in yeah so Steve Laycock's going to come in and play third now we've seen him on the national stage skipping mm-hmm. obviously we've seen him play lead before for Pat Simmons uh, back in the day and now we're going to see him play third so what are your thoughts about uh about Laycock playing third I'd like it I really do I think the fact that he took himself out of throwing last when Matt Dunstone came on mm-hmm. was a sign that he, he I, I don't know how to phrase this without sounding really stupid, but uh, he, he's saying that he, he recognizes there are people who are more equipped to throw last than he is. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think to do that, I think that's a very mature thing. It's hard. It's hard to do it. Yes. Don't, like to, yes. to say that... You know, I you're better than me at this spot, right? The the key shots of the game, you should be throwing it, not me, right? That that takes a lot, right? Wow, Sean, I wonder it if you're a big uh, person to do it. Um, yes, are you talking to me? Are you saying no on our team? I'm just Sean? talking in general. I'm just talking general <laughs> terms. That this it, it's 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 rare that this happens. I think, mm-hmm. um, and so him going to play third, I don't think that throws anything off. Uh, I, I would say the last thing that anybody would say about Steve Laycock is that he appears to have a big ego. Yeah, uh, he, he definitely right. does not. Have so a big ego. he, uh, so I think this will work really well. I've, I don't think I've ever talked to Steve Laycock. I have talked to Jim Cotter on a couple of occasions mm-hmm. at these events, and I really like Jim Cotter. And I recognize that when I talk to these people, they're in media availability things. Like I'm not going to claim to be friends with any of them no, uh, no. at all. But you can get a, a minor sense of sort of who they are a bit. And Jim Cotter seems so relaxed, so laid back, such a cool guy. John Morris raves about Jim Cotter yeah. as being the best guy who he's ever played with Yeah, in terms yeah. of just the personality of it. And I, my interactions with him have all been very positive. And, and for John Morris to say that when he's played with, I would say, Mark Kennedy... Uh, who I've every time I've talked to Mark Kennedy has been just a delight, and everyone raves about Mark Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And for him to say that Jim, Jim Cotter, Cotter is the best person he's ever played with is a huge compliment. 
And I think these two guys will get along really, really well. No ego at all. Yeah. And I, I, I think this team will be really good. Yeah, I think it'll be really good. And, and right now, Jim Cotter is listed as the skip. I wonder how long it'll take before Steve Laycock starts calling the game. Uh, if they haven't already decided that. But that would be an ideal situation in my mind. I know Jim Cotter has struggled at uh, national events when he's been the one calling the game as yeah. well as throwing the fourth stones. So giving him the chance to, to sweep and then participate in the discussion and then throw the fourth stone mm-hmm. seems to be where he's at his best. Now, the other thing with this team, they're bringing back uh, Swat, Rick Swatsky. Yes. Uh, coming back uh, from the to the lead position after a season off, he was their fifth at the trials, so he was there and he did play yeah. in at least one game. But Catlin Schneider, Catlin, don't call me Caitlin, is yes. uh, is back in Saskatchewan as we talked about. So this team, uh, they're all really good players. Uh, I lived in BC for a while, and uh, looking at the competition out there, they have to be favorites to Absolutely. get out of BC. Yep. There's always a chance. There's some other teams that you know play well and they have a good week, whatever. But uh, yeah, this team, they're really good. And in looking at our list here, where would you put them, Sean? I, I think I would put them ahead of Charlie Thomas. Mm-hmm. I, you could talk me on either side of Matt Dunstone. I don't think they're better than Brandon Botcher. No, I think um, I would put them ahead of Matt Dunstone's team and... Uh, Behind Botcher. So we'll put Cotter there at the seven slot. Dunstone slides to six or to eight, excuse me. Charlie Thomas moves to nine. And one thing I'll say too that you mentioned about throwing fours, I asked Jim Cotter at the trials about, because uh, you just come off the ice from making a draw to win the game, maybe in an extra, I, I can't remember. And I said, you know, how how do you do it? Right. Like, like, how, like you, it's the last shot of the game. You've been out there for three hours uh, and everything comes down to this one shot and it's on you. Yeah. Uh, like for for club players or young players, what would you say? And he says, what he told me, I thought it was so simple, is just don't think about it. <laughs> like, just throw the shot. It's a, it's a shot that you've called. Make the shot. Just make the and shot. He, and he said, yeah, it takes experience to, to get away from the moment of it, mm-hmm. but just sort of in the, ha- in the hack, just do what you do and, and throw the shot. And he seems like the type of guy who does that really well. Yeah. He, he doesn't care like yeah there's if there's a camera where the only game left like who cares yeah whatever um, I've, I've thrown this shot a million times yeah i'm gonna throw it again yeah after this so just throw it and make it yeah and i think playing with john morris is uh, a, a, such an incredible education in strategy and game calling and team management yeah that you know the jim cotter that we saw before john morris and the jim cotter that we i think we'll see now be very different so if Jim Cotter's calling the game, like you talked about the struggles, but the struggles he's had calling was before John Morris, right? And playing with John Morris is... But, but even then with Morris, they they went back to Morris like th- throwing third and Jim Cotter skipping, realized it wasn't working. And, and then John called the, the game, yeah. But, but having now... I, I can't imagine that you're going to be... An, you can't... You have to improve your game calling... After four years with John Morris, you'd think so, right? Like you would yeah. have to. Yeah. Uh, so this team will be a lot of fun to watch. And now the last team out of the ten, because we pulled ten here. There's some other we'll talk about real quick. Yeah. Okay. But in terms of the rankings, uh, we want to talk about Tanner Horgan and Tanner Horgan's team out of Northern Ontario. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say this: that they should have won Northern Ontario. They had the hammer 
uh, in the last yeah. end against Brad Jacobs. They had a big lead in the middle of that game. Uh, big steal of two. It was in the seventh or eighth. I can't remember the exact end. But because it was hard to watch that game, if anyone tried to watch the Northern Ontario playdowns, uh, some of probably the worst uh, feed of anywhere across the country Ugh. in terms of the there, – there was really no production value at all. So it was actually kind of hard to watch that game. But uh, Tanner Horgan should have won that game when they missed the last shot. It was a low-percentage shot. They were in trouble. Uh, one of the front-end guys threw his broom down. Tanner Horgan didn't move for a good 90 seconds. Uh, and yeah. the Jacobs guys had to come down to the other end and sort of almost, he was sort of on his feet, Give crouched, yeah. um, and sort of pick him up. And I thought it was a wonderful gesture that Brad Jacobs brought Tanner Horgan to the Briar mm-hmm. as the fifth player and that Tanner Horgan played in a few games yep. uh, a couple times out of necessity because Ryan was sick. Yeah, But... Having that, I mean, knowing that you're going to have to go against this kid for certainly the next four years because you've committed to four more years playing together, and this is the team that's up and coming trying to take your place. Mm-hmm. That they did that is something that I wouldn't have. Ex- a lot of people probably wouldn't have expected mm-hmm. out of Brad Jacobs, and so I, you got to think that Tanner Horgan is going to be better for it. Uh, they've played in Grand Slams already. They did make a change this season where they're bringing in Mark Keane. Yeah, and Mark Keane's going to gonna play third. Yes. So so they're getting some experience there. At Briar experience. Position. Yeah. And this team is this team's going to be good. Yeah, they are going to be good. You're right. And it'll be – I'd be interested to see – drink – how <laughs> they how they fare in those Northern Ontario trials, you know. Uh, they're going to presumably be playing against Jacobs again in the final – yeah, barring uh, an epic uh, week by your buddy there, but yeah, uh, Gavin Jameson <laughs> in the front end playing in the big uh, winless game in the last draw to go home to an extra. So, so presumably it'll be those two teams again. We'll see how Mark Keane influences Tanner in his demeanor and his strategy. Like you said, there was some broom slamming and it's very emotional. Yeah, but that's a young team. That's it. It's a, right? young, it's team, a young team, and they're learning the ropes. Yeah, you got to. The thing is, you got to learn how to win. Well, you right? got to learn how to lose before you learn how to win. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. But that's sort of it's all part of it, right? It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. these guys, and the thing too, and you see it with a lot of teams coming out of juniors, these great teams that are great players at least. That in juniors, you're not challenged as much when you're that good. Right? You're, you're so much better than your peers and the people you're playing against, which is why you go to the junior nationals every year yeah, for like yeah, five. Yeah. Like those those people that do that, that go to the the, the juniors when they're 14. 14, 15, And yeah. then can run through it and do that for five years. They're on the regular circuit. They're probably playing in the cash league at the local club. But even cash league at the local club, they're probably one of the best teams there. Exactly. So they're not getting a lot of really great games, a lot of close games. They're just going out and pounding on people mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of the time. So now you step into playing these t- great teams on a more regular basis, learning how to do that on the mental side. It's a big step. It, it is a big step. It takes, it takes some learning. And this team, I think, is well positioned to start their learning process and I think they could challenge Jacobs to come out of the province. To be yeah, honest. absolutely. Yeah, and Mark Keane, I think, is a great addition. Yeah, absolutely. A really smart move for this team, and and it'll be fun to see them uh, play on tour a little more regularly. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and I mean, there's a difference between you're a junior, 
you're you know still finishing high school or maybe first year university that kind of thing and then moving into the the big boy circuit so to speak you yeah. know where you're responsible for you're just trying to learn how to live still right when you were 21 22 like you probably couldn't have uh, traveled around the country with your teammates and you know made it work without just you know getting super wasted all the time yeah no it's like like, yeah 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 if you you think back think back to when you're 20 years old right the biggest thing is like making sure you have enough food to get through the day yeah exactly yeah you're not you you know going to the olympics is like a whole other thing yeah you're like oh how how do i do the laundry this week oh boy uh, yeah i gotta figure all this stuff out like independent living for the first time and now you're trying to also be an elite athlete. It's it's tough. So it takes some getting used to. And and but I think uh, with Marquine, this team is really well positioned. Yeah, uh, to really move, very to much so. Uh, so it'll be fun to watch the Northern Ontario Provincials this year. Now, where would you place them then, there, Scotty, on our list? You know, they would be either the the 10th team, as we've talked about, or I might put them ahead of Charlie Thomas. I uh, think uh, you could talk me into putting them ahead of Matt Dunstone, I, I have to say. Oh, yeah? Uh, I think that's how good they maybe can be. Maybe I'm ranking more on potential uh, than anything else, but, um, well, you know what? But let's, uh, let's agree on nine then. Okay. Um, we've, we've agreed a lot on what I'm saying this year. And so, or this, no, but you podcast. thought, you thought maybe 10, nine or 10, I think maybe eight or, eight nine. or nine. So let's go with, with nine. That's where the Venn diagram on our thoughts <laughs> uh, meets. So if we put Tanner Horgan there in the nine slot, that means Charlie Thomas falls to 10. Now let's uh, run through really quick some of the other teams that don't make our top 10. Okay. Uh, but we want to just mention some of the changes here. So we talked a lot about Saskatchewan. Kirk Myers is mm-hmm. playing. He's going to continue to play with his brother, and they've brought in another pair of brothers to play with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that'll be the Marsh brothers. Yeah, Kevin and Dan. Uh, and Dallin, of course, is going to continue to play, and Kirk is going to skip, which we have not seen uh, at the the and tour the, level. The I think men's he, level. The yeah. men's level. He did as a junior. That's right. That's right. And, you know, we'll see how this mixed doubles experience has helped him with strategy yes. and whatnot. Uh, they did really well. They brought home a bronze medal. Uh, he and Laura caught Walker. <laughs> no. Crocker. Uh, Crocker. Laura Crocker. Crocker rhymes with Walker. Yes. <laughs> rhymes with... Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how soon we forget, eh? Uh, but but it'll be interesting to see this team, uh, how they do. I think right now we've got them sort of ranked as the third team in Saskatchewan, but wouldn't surprise me if if they come up and make some noise. Kirk Myers, one of the nicest guys. You mentioned talking to uh, these curlers there. I was a volunteer at the Roar of the Rings. Yes. This year, and Kirk was the only curler that came up to me and, and introduced himself. As we were, <laughs> I was uh, one of the sign guys that that took the people out on the ice, and he, yeah, he was the only curler the whole week that shook my hand and said, "Hi, I'm Kirk." You know, right. everybody else was really nice and they talked to me, but for him to presume that I didn't know who he was 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 pretty nice and pretty cool. So I, I wish nothing but the best for this squad. Uh, yeah. Forward. So yeah, I think I, I would agree ranking them third in, in the province right now, but a, a fun team to watch. The next would be Glenn Howard. Oh uh, yeah. Big news there some, with uh, Scotty getting the promotion. Yeah. So Scotty's going to move up there to third and they're bringing in Tim March to play lead. And uh, yeah. so uh uh, uh, Adam Spencer, yeah, 
is gone. He will be there for the events where there's a fifth, and if they need mm-hmm. a spare or whatever, he's still going to be around. Uh, we have not seen the end of Adam uh, Spencer. Super spare. <laughs> uh, and uh, he'll be around a bit. But Tim March uh, is going to play on that squad. So, you know, the promotion of Scott Howard feels almost like a, a situation where this is something Glenn's wanted to do for a long time. Yeah. And maybe it's the best move uh, curling-wise, but I, I don't know. And uh, certainly on the front-end side where Dave Mathers is still going to play second. I think Dave Mathers and Scott Howard have played together for a really, really long time mm-hmm. on a variety of different teams. And uh, so they they obviously get along well. And uh, this is a team that I don't think it's a four-year team. Uh, I can't see it being a four-year team, but but Glenn Howard, you know, he's, he's liking playing. He's yeah. having fun. They're doing well. So why not keep going? It's uh, maybe a Sherry Anderson type situation, right? Yeah, Where, play, why not play? What else am I going to do? Yeah, and he did just finish second in a, the last Grand Slam. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah. yeah, so rock on Glenn Howard. But again, it, I think it'll be tough sledding to beat John Epping to get sure. to a briar. But I'll be honest and say I would not be surprised to see Glenn Howard in one more briar. Yeah. Didn't they blank uh, the first eight ends of the... Seven or eight, seven yeah. Seven ends of the, yeah. the Ontario final They had this no year? interest in playing yeah. uh, at all. So, so, you know, we could <laughs> see something like that again. Yeah, so you, so you never know. Uh, we also want to talk uh, about Jason Gunlifson mm-hmm. uh, changing up his team. Denny Newfeld finds a place to play there. Alex Forrest and uh, Connor uh, Negevin. Nguyen? Is that I believe that's how you pronounce that, his last name. So those are all names that we are familiar with. We've seen on tour a bunch, and uh, Gunner, of course, has been around. It's weird. I think Jason Gunnison is younger than me, uh, but I feel like he's been around for like thirty-five years. Yeah, well, they, their team made the the Roar of the Rings in two thousand nine. Yes, uh, as sort of out of nowhere, out of nowhere, they they won the Road to the Roar and yes. earned their spot. So uh, Denny Newfeld will play second for this team. Here, according to uh, my TSN uh, team tracker. So, Denny Newfeld moving out of the lead position, we'll have to see uh, what that entails for him. Yeah, and the changes in Manitoba, I think, help Jason Gunlison. Uh, they play a lot on tour. They do. And yeah. uh, what we he had a really bad week at the Manitoba Provincials. Uh, was still able to make it into that wildcard game mm-hmm. that, of course, he lost to Mike McEwen. But having one fewer team, right, with the Mike McEwen team now, despite disbanded of course he picks up one of the players that's a good thing for Jason Gunlison and uh, certainly his his odds get a little better I think in Manitoba uh, and then another team that their odds I think are really good is uh, Martin Cret. Right. Uh, he's of course the longtime third for Jean-Michel Menard Jean-Michel Menard is not going to play so instead they have brought on Philippe Lemay to play for them, and uh, Martin Cret is going to skip. And this is a team that uh, we would expect to see out of Quebec. Yeah, and, next and year. Martin Cret uh, won junior titles out of Quebec and has been under uh, Jean Michel's tutelage, you know, you know, now for quite some time. So yeah. I, I would expect this team to come out of Quebec. Uh, you would think so. And you've, it's really easy to forget that that team won a world championship. Yeah. Like, it's easy to forget that, but they won a world championship. Now, that was before Martin Kret was on the team, but... Uh, right, but even so. That, like, like that's, that's pretty crazy. I couldn't imagine a team like them that don't play that much on tour, yeah. you know, 
that it would be the, the, the same as if a team came out of New Brunswick. If James Grattan James, would. Yeah, if James, James Grattan was like, oh, by the way, I'm the best team in the world this year. You'd yeah. be like, huh? What? Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing. It is pretty uh, cool. The run that Team Menard has been on. But yeah. hopefully we'll uh, see Team Cret uh, have some success in the Quebec Provincials uh, where their team lost out this year. So yes, yeah. Getting back to the provincial. Yeah, and then the we can see the uh, the gifs or whatever they are of Meltan Cret versus the goat, uh, which are always fun to see around <laughs> Briar season. Um, mm-hmm. So the only the only other thing that I want to mention, of course, Pat Simmons is not going to play uh, this season, and Pat Simmons, a great player, mm-hmm. longtime great player mm-hmm. uh, as well. So it'll be. I'm sure we'll see him as a coach or fifth or whatever around, but uh, he played the one year with the young guys. Colton Lott, who he played with, is also not going to play uh, as he goes to school, so that team went their separate ways. Uh, Kyle Darien is going to play with uh, Willie Lyburn, and, uh, but Pat Simmons, I think, is obviously the focal point, the big story of that team. So yeah. our rankings of the, the sort of, if we were to power rank it right now, on the men's side, we would have Brad Gushu 1, Brad Jacobs number 2, Kevin Cooey, three, John Epping, four, Reed Carruthers at five, Brennan Botcher, sixth, Jim Cotter, seventh, Matt Dunstone, eight, Tanner Horgan at number nine, and Charlie Thomas, ten. Those would be our power rankings going in to the 2018-2019 season of champions. Exactly, exactly. And obviously there were some teams we didn't talk about, but mostly because we don't know that much about them. Um, But if you want to check out all of the moves for these teams... Check out uh, curlinggeek.com and go to the team tracker. Yes. Uh, it's a pretty great resource, so shout out to our friend uh, at Curling Geek there. Yeah, and certainly, you know, it's it's always hard, I think, early in the season to get a feel for how everyone's playing because there's not that much on TV early in the year, and that's why Curling Zone is such a great resource because mm-hmm. all of these cash spiels that happen across the country, uh, you can sort of get a feel for how teams are playing there's not that many spiels that draw people from across the country early in the season mm-hmm. you know the shorty jenkins might be one um the oakville the stew cells in oakville you do get some teams from the west coming to that there are some cash spiels at west too that some ontario and eastern teams will go to uh, but until you really get ramped up to the grand slam season i think the first one is going to be mid late september this year uh you don't get to see these teams against each other mm-hmm. but the cash spiel circuit starts late August now mm-hmm. and uh, so you can if you go to curling zone you can see all the stats on how the teams are racking up early in the season so yeah, uh, the curling geek and, and curling zone two great resources so that is our men's preview or our men's power rankings uh, so we hope you enjoyed it let us know what you think about them next week we're going to do the same thing for the women and see where the women stand after the shakeups on the women's side uh, I think on the women's side, not quite as many um, monumental shifts on the women's side. And we've talked about this before where we think the men's side is a little deeper at the elite level than on the women's side. And we'll talk about that all next week when we break down the roster changes and the off-season shuffle. Oh, that's good, Sean. In the worlds of curling. Because I really need a break. So uh, I'm good to have a week off before we talk about that. Absolutely. We'll take, take a week and we'll be back next week. What we're going to do in the summer... Uh, obviously, this is going up Wednesday, so you might not be listening to it when it first went up. But Wednesday, so through the summer, we're going to release on Wednesdays. Uh, so you can uh, keep up to date, keep checking your feed wherever you get your podcast on Wednesdays. That's as we're going to release them. So, And are you sure your your tablet's going to hold up or what? 
for what? For posting our podcast. It's gonna. Oh be okay. yeah. So I do apologize. <laughs> um, this is our first episode since we recorded, and then I couldn't post the episode. I was in New York City. And my tablet ran out of power, and there's something wrong with it where it will only now charge if it's in the docking station. So uh, I don't plan on going anywhere where I won't have the docking station with me uh, in the in the near future. So it should hold up. I, I googled it. There is a way to fix this problem. So uh, hopefully there won't be any issues. Yes, I do apologize for missing that week uh, there, but. That's why we do evergreen-type episodes in the summer. So uh, we hope you enjoyed our, our power rankings of the men's team. Please do join us next week for the women's. And if you have any questions for the show or you want to just get in touch, you can find us on Twitter, at Game of Stones Pod. Scott is at Scott Likes TV. I am at Dr. Shawnee Fever. You can also email the show, Game of Stones Podcast, at gmail.com. And if you have not yet, please do subscribe to the show on uh, Google Play on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you get your podcast, give us a rating, all that fun stuff. And until next time, keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final.